Hello, and welcome to Pull Your Shelf Together. (laughs) I'm Jessica. And I'm Melissa. And that was backwards. (laughs) It was. I know. I thought I'd shake things up today and make it super exciting by throwing you off a little bit. Always mess with their minds. Yes. (laughs) Sorry. Anyway, so (laughs) Melissa and I um, have been doing one of our favorite Christmas things, Mm -hmm. which is watching the delicious dish sketch um, with Alec Baldwin yes. on, from <laughs> Saturday Night, Night Live. Live. You know, the sweaty bowls skit. <laughs> yes, and I'm, I'm afraid we kind of morph into that nice NPR slow voice. Mm, when, um, good times. Good times. <laughs> so what are you asking Santa for this year, <laughs> Melissa? <laughs> I, I can't. Okay. All right. Anyway. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we digress. So let's so, talk about books. Yeah. So, Jessica, what, what have you been reading recently? Oh, my goodness. Well, um, as you'll find out when we talk with Tony, our rep from Penguin Random House, um, I have been reading Between Two Kingdoms, which comes out in February. Mm-hmm. It's a memoir, and it was fantastic. I also finished uh, The Black, The White, and The Gray, um, which I loved and which we'll also be talking to Tony about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have been reading Cooking with Prene Branca, which Melissa has already talked about on this yes. show. But I just wanted to second that it is one of the funniest books I've ever read, and I am thoroughly enjoying it. The recipes um, are really awful and hilarious. Yeah, completely, completely <clears throat> ridiculous, but... <laughs> but but very, very funny. Yeah. Um, so if you're looking for a diversion this holiday season, if you need to take a mental vacation and you just want something that's fun mm-hmm. and well-written, I think we'd both recommend James Hamilton Patterson's Cooking with Frené Branca. Yes, and it's actually there. It's the first one in a trilogy that involves the same main character. I have the other two books, but I haven't read them yet. Um, I looking at reviews of them, they're supposed to be not as good as Cooking with Frené Branca, um, and it doesn't leave you on any sort of like cliffhanger or anything you don't have to read the other ones but if you um enjoy that world and want to continue on um, (laughs) well i actually went down the rabbit hole of just discovering who james hamilton patterson was um and he's quite prolific he's 79 and he now lives well he's roughly around 79 unless he's had a recent birthday Mm -hmm. and he lives in the mountains in tuscany Mm -hmm. um but he's a poet as well and written uh several more serious works of fiction and nonfiction, and I ordered one of his books, which is A Meditation on the Sea, and I'm looking forward to reading it. Very good. Yes. Um, What have you been reading, Melissa? Well, um, in between book club books, um, I I reread Emma for book club, um, which is, even though it's something I've read multiple times, it's not a short book, so that that took me a a little while. and I also read Between Two Kingdoms, and I have started uh, Black, White, and the Gray. It's you'll hear when we talk about it with Tony. Um, but um, I read a graphic novel um, for Graphic Novel Book Club, and it was um, 
timed correctly, you know, for mm-hmm. November, it was Drawing the Vote, an Illustrated Guide to Voting in America by Tommy Jenkins, um, which I think is a bit of a, the title is a little bit of a misnomer because it makes you think that it's about kind of the process of voting, mm-hmm. but it's more about kind of the history of the vote in the country. Um, so it moves through um, like... Uh, women's suffrage, it it talks about Jim Crow, it Mm -hmm. talks about um, the Civil Rights Act. Um, So it is, um, it's interesting in that it it gives a lot of information. Um, Mm -hmm. There were a lot of things in it that I didn't necessarily know. Um, Like I didn't know the difference between a caucus and a um, primary. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah. So did you know the difference between a caucus and a primary? But but only because in my past life, um, I have a, um, a degree in political philosophy and political science. And so, and I had to teach um, when I was, working on my master's I had to teach freshman intro to government um well and I mean like I've taken like all like mm -hmm. I took politic classes when I was in in college and they never explained the difference between a caucus and a primary um yeah I I I I will say in the in the 101 class that I was teaching it was mainly just the basics I didn't talk about that but anyway so but lots of interesting things um it definitely does have a bent to the narrative. Mm-hmm. Um, it is, it, he explains what prompts him to write it. It's a, um, and actually in the, the guy who wrote it was an English professor. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's kind of written like almost an illustrated essay. Um, I will say a couple of times the way it was organized was a little, um, <clears throat> Challenging? Yeah, I will say that I would have shuffled some things mm-hmm. around. Um, I, <laughs> um, I, I actually would be interested in, in reading this. It's, um, it is, uh, I think it's um, probably best for maybe like a young adult audience. Mm-hmm. I think that it was intended as an adult graphic novel, but I think the information and the way it's presented is probably better suited for like young adult. Okay. Interesting. But, but um I I think it was I think it was good and I appreciate what it was trying to accomplish and mm-hmm. I think that um I think the more we can learn about our system of government the better. Um it's, you know, um just going from making people understand that we're a republic, not a straight-up democracy, mm-hmm. and and how how things work and the history of the vote, which is fairly checkered and and fascinating. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, especially right now with all of the weirdness going on, uh, the better informed you can be, I think, the better off we'll all be. So I am all for anything that is trying to educate the populace on how to vote. Yeah, I I agree. Um, Yes. Well, um, I want to revisit a book, if that's all right with you. Absolutely. I finally finished um, Matt Haig's The Midnight Library. When I started it, I think we talked about it last time, I was just not in the right headspace, but I went back to it and absolutely loved it. Um, It was very well done. It's a very imaginative book, but it has, um, I guess, lessons... In a way, um, 
it is uh, the main character, again, is having a, a bad time at life, um, Nora, and she is unhappy and feels like she has not lived up to her potential. She's just, in general, her life is not at all going well or anything that she had imagined it would be. Um, and so she ends up um, between life and death, and, and it's a really a quote from the book, between life and death there is a library, and within that library the shelves go on forever. Every book provides a chance to try another life that you could have lived. And so the book is really about regrets and how they weigh you down from living your life okay. and how, you know, really that, yes, if you had made a decision, a different decision at any moment in your life, it would have changed the trajectory of your life. And there are millions of potential lives you could have led based on those chance moments. Um, but are they really the lives that are the best lives? And so, um, and it, it goes from there. And I, I don't want to give too much away about how it ends. I was kind of surprised initially when I started reading it that there were so many things saying that it's a feel-good book guaranteed to lift your spirits, and the character in the first chapter is, you know, killing herself. And I was like, well, I don't really get that. But it does <laughs> but turn out... <laughs> it's not as feel-good as one would lead you to believe. <laughs> but it does turn out in the end um, to have a very good message about just living your life mm. um, and not being weighed down by those regrets. And I also thought um, it's another example of um, one of the reasons I love reading. When you find something that speaks to you out of a book um, because it's a shared experience, because mm -hmm. you know now that there's at least one other person who wrote this book who thinks the way you think or feels the way you think feel or... Um, understands what it is to have regrets and to spend a lot of your time thinking, well, if I had done this, or if I had just, you know, if I had made better grades, or if I had decided um, to go to law school, or if I, you know, mm -hmm. how would my life have ended up? Would it have been better? I usually come to the conclusion that I'm pretty happy where I am right now, and if I had done anything different, I wouldn't be where I am or who I am. Right. But... Um, but sometimes we get weighed down by regrets. So that the way you were describing that made me think of the Blake Crouch book, Dark Matter. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it goes a whole different sort of way. Like it, it um, mentions, you know, it talks about all the different decisions you make and how there's all the different mm -hmm. um, people that you could be in all these different realities. And so... It, they actually come back to um, haunt him in a way that is very different <laughs> from the, the way this sounds. Yes. Well, this one is more about parallel universes. So, yeah, yeah that's, this that's is, what this is. Um, but his parallel universe selves um, come back and follow him around. <laughs> well, yeah, I don't want to say it because I don't want to ruin <clears> it. But, yeah, like he, he, has, he has some run-ins with his parallel universe selves. Well, in this world, you have... Um, you have a root life, which is the life you're leading, mm -hmm. and then it branches out into all the other p 
potential lives and you have the opportunity to go and jump into those lives and jump out of them. Well, that, that's that that's what dark matter talks about too, mm-hmm. but it brings in like physics and a whole bunch of... Well, this brings in a little bit of that, but this is more... Um, less science, more... Um, oh... More, more philosophical. More philosophical. Yes, this yeah. is much dark more. matter is very much Schrodinger's cat. Like you know, what's well, in the box? <laughs> this this is a little bit of that too. But I I think um, yes, more psychological um, and um, redemptive. Okay, in a sense. Um, and once you're in and out of a life, um, that's it. So you don't get to keep going back to one life or, um, so do you go into the different lives like by going through like the shelves of a library? Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. And okay. you pull a book off a shelf. Okay. Cause in, so in dark matter, it's like different doors and you go through a different door. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Well, interesting. Okay. Um, but I would, I would definitely recommend this. Just be prepared if, uh, you start it and you think, what on earth were people saying when they say this is a feel-good book? (laughs) Hang in there for about three chapters and you'll get past it and it will be um, a different book. Okay. Yes. Um, So on the last episode of the podcast when we had Dawn on talking about books from the HarperCollins list, one of the ones she mentioned was Amari and the Night Brothers by B.B. Alston. Mm-hmm. So um, I actually picked that one up and read it. It's the beginning of a new middle grade series that is um, fantasy and magic. Um, they hearken... Like, they compared it to um, Harry Potter meets Men in Black. Mm-hmm. Amari um, is a young black girl. Um, her brother has gone missing, mm-hmm. and she's trying to find her older brother. And um, she gets this briefcase that he has left for her and in the briefcase he has nominated her to go to this um to be a junior agent in this um bureau of magical affairs oh sounds fun yeah it's super fun and so she goes and basically the 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 supernatural world is hidden from the mundane world like it is in like Harry Potter. Um, but she goes and her mom thinks that she's going to like a summer camp that mm-hmm. her brother had gone to as well. <laughs> um, and she, you have to um, prove what kind of supernatural power you have when you're, ah. so you're almost being sorted, but not being sorted. You get like, um, in the ceremony, you uh, you touch this crystal ball, and the crystal ball gives you um, a badge, um, and that kind of um, explains what your um, potential is for okay. like magic. And there's different kinds of badges. There's like 
ones that are made out of aluminum foil or paper. And then mm-hmm. there's like gold and silver, you know, and so um, that just shows what kind of power you would ha- like, what kind of level of power you would have. Okay. But then everybody well, can have different supernatural abilities. Okay, because I, I wouldn't want to get the one of aluminum foil while all my friends were getting gold. and Right, right, mm-hmm. yeah. That, that's, it's embarrassing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but <laughs> magicians mm-hmm. are illegal. Okay, so you can't pretend to be magical. You must be magical. No, you're no, not no. allowed to be a magician. That If that's your supernatural power is a magician, like an illusionist, you can't, that's, that's illegal. Okay, well. And it springs from like kind of the history of this supernatural mm-hmm. world and evildoers in the past. Right. But so her brother and his, uh, he was a, detective um an agent in Mm -hmm. the magical bureau and that's what she decides she wants to be as well because she thinks that by having the same job she'll be able to have access to his records and find out what's happened to him and being a junior agent is um kind of like the most sought after job and you have Mm -hmm. to audition for it basically and they cut you know, and so she has to, even though she's not been a part of the supernatural world, she has to make her way and prove mm-hmm. herself. Well, very good. Mm-hmm. And it's going to be a series. It is going to be a series. Um, the first one comes out in January, so mm-hmm. I, I, I'm not sure when the next ones are coming out. But it is Harper Collins' kind of big children's book for their mm-hmm. winter's list, and. It's it really is a fun read. I read it in like a day. Yeah. I mean, you know, it's just Well, I've I've got a series that I need to start in middle grade and so we'll talk about that next time. Okay. Yes. <laughs> well, I have one more book that I've been listening to because I usually have one book that I listen to as I'm reading other books and I was kind of in between novels this time and I started listening to Josh Gondelman um, <laughs> book that came out in uh, 2019, which is Nice Try, Stories of Best Intentions and Mixed Results. And it is, it's, it's, he's not like David Sedaris, but it is the same sort of essay format mm-hmm. where he tells little essays or stories about his life. Okay. And um, they range from his wedding day to um, his experience in middle school in Spanish with a teacher that didn't like him. Uh-huh. Um, and they're really, um, I really enjoy them, and they, um, they kind of crack me up. They, um, he's in Boston, but um, he, he talks about being a, you know, a Jewish kid in Boston, but they really want to be cool, and they're listening to a lot of the Beastie Boys and... He has a friend group that he hangs out with um, where they prank call people. And and they're just, he's just such a nice guy. And they're nice stories, um, nice but very funny stories. Um, And I'm thoroughly enjoying it. He's, um, yeah, apparently he has a real reputation um, as as a, a nice guy on the comedian circuit. And so, yeah. 
so I, I recommend this. If you're looking for something to listen or to read where you it's an essay so you can kind of pick it up and put it down again. And they're funny, um, just very human stories. I would recommend it. Uh, Josh, and I'm going to, I hope his name is pronounced Gondelman. Um, nice try. All right. Well, so now we're going to hear a little bit from Tony, who is one of our Penguin Random House reps. And she is going to talk about some of the books on their winter list, right? That you're excited about? Yes. Very good. Well, welcome. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. I'm excited to be here. Oh, we're delighted. You know, I love to. Yeah, I love to talk about books. <laughs> well, you've come to the right place because we we enjoy it as well. <laughs> yes. <laughs> well, I thought I would start off with a few books that have already gone on sale that people might be interested in reading over the holidays, maybe reading for themselves or giving as a gift. And the first one is Miss Benson's Beetle, which is by Rachel Joyce, and it's a novel. Um, paperback original. And when I was selling this book to you, I probably called it a novel of daring do because it's an adventure story about a woman who's, she's British, she's pretty unsatisfied with her life. And then something happens that snaps and she decides she's going to go on a big adventure to try to find a beetle that she had heard about that her father showed her when she was young. So she gets an assistant and goes off to a faraway land to in search of the beetle and they go through all kinds of adventures together. So I feel like that's just something, a, a really uplifting story is very funny, something that can kind of just take us away right now when you know things seem a little bit heavy. Yeah. So that's a book that I really enjoyed. Now, how, then, how old is she? She's probably in her 50s, 40s okay. or 50s. Yeah, okay. Right. Mm-hmm. Pretty good. And then the next one is a cookbook. It's called Modern Comfort Food by Ina Garten. And a lot of your oh, fans yes. probably already know about this book, <laughs> but I cannot help myself from talking about an Ina Garten cookbook because I'm a huge fan. She's also known by the Barefoot Contessa, in case that means <clears throat> about with anybody. But she has written several cookbooks, and she always has a roast chicken recipe in her books. But this one is about comfort food, which she said has helped get her through the pandemic. And it is amazing. I sat down with it one night and just flipped through the pages, starting with the drinks and then the uh, hors d'oeuvres all the way through the entrees and desserts. Everything in it looks smashing. So um, I think that's a great gift for the holidays because she has a lot of fans. The the one good thing about Ina Garten's cookbooks Mm -hmm. is every single recipe in those cookbooks works exactly how it's written. You know how sometimes you have cookbooks where you have to tweak things because you're like, that's not quite right. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter. Hers come out a hundred percent of the time. Like they're just spot on. They're perfect. I agree. I I definitely think of her as a reliable recipe writer. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's been on the best indie next nonfiction bestseller list for a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Several weeks. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So if you, um, if you didn't say at the beginning of the sure. pandemic, she had a, um, an Instagram video where she made an enormous cosmopolitan yes. and she emptied a whole bottle of vodka into it, into <laughs> one giant glass and drank it. it was, well, started sipping it, but she yeah. gained a lot of fans through that video. Yeah. Um, And lastly, for the fall, I wanted to talk about A Promised Land by Barack Obama, which Mm -hmm. probably doesn't need any promotion. But since it's such a big book, I didn't feel right not mentioning it because he is an amazing writer. Mm -hmm. Um, I've started this on audio and I just feel like he's so genuine. He's so talented and he's so forthcoming. 
it's just a wonderful, wonderful book. I think it's a beautiful, actually a beautiful object. And uh, it has the pictures in it as well to, you know, help the reader see what he's talking about. So I feel like that's a really good book for the holidays. Absolutely. It actually inspired me to pick up a book of his speeches and just going back and just so good. (laughs) Yeah. And and it's been, um, it's been very popular. Mm -hmm. So yes. Yeah. It's definitely been a, a a holiday gift. I mean, a lot of people are going to find that under their tree, I think. I think so too. And it's a good one. So now we're going to go forward to uh, books that are coming out in 2021. Okay, something to look forward to. Yes, please. Yes. (laughs) The first one is A Swim in a Pond in the Rain by George Saunders. Can I say that again? Yes. A Swim in a Pond in the Rain by George Saunders. We love George Saunders. I love George Saunders, too. He's just such a nice guy. Mm -hmm. But as you know, he's been teaching creative writing at Syracuse University for a long, long time. And he has a long list of students who want to be in his class, but only a certain number who can. And he's been teaching a class on short stories by Russian master writers. So he decided to, to bring the, so I I went to the master class that y'all put on um, from him. Yes, I did. I, um, I didn't say much because I had a lot going on that night, but I was there for the whole thing and it was so much fun. I, it was at the end of a very long day and I still got on that video because mm-hmm. I wanted to see him. He's, I just wanted to see him and to hear what he had to say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he hung out with us when he was here for the book festival. Yeah. He came into the bookshop several times. He's Pretty much every day. Nice, yeah. nice guy. And he takes oh, yeah. a great selfie. Like he <laughs> took, he's like, no, no, let me do it. And he took the <laughs> selfie of all three of us and it was good every time. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. So what the book is, he has selected seven short stories by four different Russian writers. And after the short story is actually printed in the book, and after that, he writes an essay about why it's a good story, what the reader looks for, and what the writer looks for that they can steal from the Russians, because they did such a good job with their stories. So I was not a literature major in college, and I didn't read the Russians. So it was a really good introduction to me. Uh, to the Russians. So I enjoyed the stories immensely. And then George, you know, because he's just so funny and charming and he's really insightful that I, I found the book just to be amazing. Very good. And wonder, we are looking forward to Yeah, that. we are looking forward to that yeah. one for sure. And we have a lot of writers in Savannah. Mm-hmm. So. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, the next book is called The Black, White, and the Gray by Mashima Bailey and John O. Morisano. And that is a book about, well, sort of about racial justice, but it's also about the restaurant, The Gray, there in Savannah. Yes. Yes. So um, I have read the book and I loved it, Um, although it was hard for me to pick up because it starts out with a death and um, it was the death of someone that Melissa and I both knew and and it's, it's very graphic and it tells the whole story of what happened to Scott. And um, it was a little hard to read mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. because it was a pretty traumatic event for the Savannah community, especially the Savannah restaurant community. But I think it's an excellent way that they brought you into the book. I know that John O initially wrote the book and then Mashama came in and um, added her voice to it. And I think that that was invaluable in the book, that it really, um, 
it wouldn't have been the same book if it had just been from one point of view. And I, um, I so enjoy their relationship and the way they work together and what they've learned for each other. Um, and I think the dish pit, which is plays heavily in this narrative <laughs> is still a point of contention, but it's, it's interesting because when I first moved to Savannah, <clears throat> that I worked at the gray, that was where I first worked when I moved to, to the city. And um, yeah, it's interesting to hear Mashama's opinion on the way that the kitchen is laid out and how she wished she had been there when they were making those decisions because it would have been very different. And I was like, oh, I'm not crazy. This is not how this should be. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really think there are two voices complementing each other. And Mashama is just the most genuine, kind, interesting person. And Jono... Um, is also, it's the same way. And it's just, um, I think it's a really good story. I, I hope it will play well outside of Savannah because I think it's a great story about racial relations and building something and unexpected partnerships. Um, well, I think it's um, interesting <clears throat> too because they make a big deal of the fact that um, when he was looking for a chef, to head the restaurant, he wanted a black female chef and how they talked about that, how like that was a unicorn. But when you think of the number of black women who are cooking in this country and making amazing food, that, that shouldn't be like that. That shouldn't be the unicorn. Like it's just, there's a lot in there. And I think it's a very timely book for what's going on in our country today and the larger conversations we're having. So Mm -hmm. it's, yeah, and I at Mashama's tone um, is realistic and firm about race relations, but it's also very. Um, I'm, I'm struggling with the word I'm looking for. It's it, she. She says exactly what needs to be said in a way that I think is, if not palatable for everyone, is is a way that people can understand it better. I mean, I think it's a step forward in the conversation, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. It does. Um, and I also appreciate, you know, some of the conversations that Jono talks about when people come up to him. There's a part in the book where somebody is um, kind of wink nodding about racism. And um, while he's sitting eating at the gray and he um, makes a, ugly comment about race and, and John O just doesn't know how to deal with it. And um, it angers him and he talks to Mishama about it and she's like, eh, yeah, I mean, yeah, welcome to my world. This is every, I have no other expectation, but this, right. and I get that at the bookstore. It's, there are plenty of times where women my age usually, or men my age are a little bit older, look at me and they just assume that I'm going to share their bias where I don't. And it's it's kind of challenging in the South to gracefully let them know that I'm not going to stand for that. Mm-hmm. And um, so, yeah, I, there's just so much about this book I appreciated. Mm-hmm. Right. And I do feel like it's going to be a nationwide book. So that's very <clears throat> exciting. Yeah. yeah. So now I'll move on to The Smash Up by Allie Benjamin. 
And this is, a, well, she's had one novel that was for young adults, but now she's writing for adults. And it's a contemporary story about a marriage. And it's set during the Brett Kavanaugh hearings. It's about a couple that's moved out of New York City to a small town to raise their daughter who's 10 years old. And she's on the spectrum. So she's a bit of a challenge. And their marriage is fraught. You can tell that they've had some issues. Um, they have a nanny living with them who is showing them the the way uh, 20-somethings, millennials, are living. So they're having their eyes open there, and they're really going through a rough patch. Um, but I felt like her writing was just really eye-opening about the, the workings of a marriage and how we reinvent ourselves. Um, so I do feel like there's a lot of upside for this book. Okay. Very yeah. good. Very good. And then one that I wanted to point out um, that was published in hardcover last year and will be available in February in paperback is Greenwood by Michael Christie. Mm -hmm. And that's a multi-generational family saga about a family in the timber industry. And it starts in the near future with a woman named Jake Greenwood. And she's running tours in an old growth forest because the trees have all gone through the withering and there won't be forest for very much longer. But the forest she works for is also called Greenwood, and she doesn't know if her family is, if she's related to this family because she doesn't know her heritage. Her father was not part of her life. So from that point, we go backwards in time, a generation at a time, to discover the very roots of the uh, Greenwood family. Did you see what I did there? Yeah, mm -hmm. I, I was about to say. Yes. Uh, I, yeah. <laughs> so I love this book. It was one of my favorite books of the entire year. I picked it for my book club, so I read it twice, and I just learned more the second time, having known what the story was, what to expect, and then uncovering even more as the story went along. So it's a great book for discussion. It's just a wonderful novel all around. Very good. I'd love to see it get wider readership. So I wanted to bring it Very up. Very good. Well, I remember when it when you all had advanced reader copies of it mm -hmm. at SEBA and you were really excited about it. Like that was your that was your book that you were mm -hmm. you were very excited about. Well, the covers changed a lot when you see the paperback. It's more like a uh, the rings of a tree. Okay. Mm -hmm. It looks quite different, but same book. Okay. Very good. Very good. And then in closing, I just wanted to give a shout out to a book that's coming not until summer. In late May, we have a new book by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And her last book was called Daisy Jones and the Six. And that Which was like every, everyone yes. at the yes. shop has read and loved. loved. Yes, <laughs> that was so good. So this one is set in the 1980s. So it's a decade later. And it's about a family of surfers that live in Malibu. It's called Malibu Rising. And um, it takes place over the course of one day where this family, um, you know, they're famous, they're gorgeous, they're talented, they're, they have an annual party that's kind of word of mouth. So it's really, you know, if you know somebody who knows about the party, then you're invited. But if you don't know about the party, you're not invited. Mm -hmm. And so they're preparing for it. But meanwhile, they're telling you their backstory, too, about, you know, the family drama that has gone on for decades so it's really good I think you're going to enjoy it um we'll have galley soon I'll make sure Yay, you get yeah, it yeah I mean uh there could not be a book that's better suited for Caitlin I know than, I than just, this premise <laughs> we have a bookseller who is all things surfing in the ocean yeah and and uh, she loves um 
Daisy Jones and the Six, Six. and she also loved um, the Barbarian Days. Well, no, I was going to say the other one, the other Taylor Jenkins read, the Seven Husbands of Ellen Hugo. Yeah, Yeah, she's loved both of those. So, yeah, this is going to be like this is hitting all the boxes for Caitlin. And if she loves the book, we might as well just order a case of them because yeah, she will sell it. (laughs) Well, this will be an easy case, I'll tell you, an easy case to sell. Yeah, it's a fun book. Well, that's something to look forward to. That is for sure. Yeah, that's exciting. Yes. <laughs> um, well, and then have we have we made it to homework time? We have. We have. Okay. okay. All yes. right. So, so, between two kingdoms, how do you do? You know how you pronounce her name? Uh, uh, Sulika Jawad. Okay. Well, because I um, actually started following her on Instagram as soon as I finished the book because I was just like, yeah. I'm fascinated by her. Like, and um, I love her Instagram, like, and as, as did I, yes. <laughs> yeah. So we, we've gone down the the rabbit hole and um, started following her. I, uh, Melissa and I were saying early, we both loved this book. Mm-hmm. Um, I did too. It's going to, I was telling Jessica, it's going to be my new rough magic, which is my uh, go-to um, nonfiction memoir that I always give to people. And I, yeah, this, this is going to usurp the, the horse book. Yes. Um, <laughs> well, the way this book came about was I was, we had this book <clears throat> on our fall list and I was thinking to myself, I don't need to ne- read another memoir. It seems really good. I know some of my colleagues have read it and I wasn't intending to read the whole thing. So uh, but I was on one of those schmooze fests and Andy Ward was there and he's the editor on this book. Yes. And someone said, mm-hmm. what's your favorite book of the, of the year? And he said, it's got to be between two kingdoms. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Oh, well, if Andy Ward likes this book, I should probably pick it up. So I read an excerpt and I couldn't stop. It was yeah. just so good. She drew me in right from the beginning. Her story is, you know, very well told, but it's definitely one that makes you sit up and go, wow, this, this is real. Um, so what was your experience like? Well, um, so, and I wrote this in my review. I don't think you could have known when you assigned us this book that Melissa and I both have some pretty close experiences with um, family members who had cancer. I had a child who had cancer. Um, so I spent a two to three years um, in this kind of situation. And, and my mom had cancer. Um, and so, yeah, so it, it was a familiar place to be, but um, I can't imagine just reading an excerpt of this book and not immediately picking it up to finish it. Cause mm-hmm. I, I started reading it and I got, you know, like, three chapters in and I texted Jessica and I was like, Oh my God, this is so good. I am so glad she asked us to read this book. I know. I had told <laughs> Melissa the day before I'm like, I started the book and it's so good. And she said, well, I'm going to go home and start it tonight. Yeah. And then we started texting about it. And um, yeah, it's, it's, it was, I mean it, so I didn't even think about the title until I got through the book. And I, um, one of my favorite quotes is, um, Uh, Susan Sontag's Sontag's quote about um, the kingdom of of illness or sickness and the kingdom of of wellness. And I've always, ever since I read that, which has been years ago, I I used to have a quote where I, I talked about hospital time, which is sort of the same thing, how when you enter the hospital, time just stops for you. 
Mm-hmm. And it's amazing to see the rest of the world going on around you. Like, yeah. I, it's just hard to comprehend how people are just living their lives while you're in that world. Well, um, and I thought the the part of it that I think was really kind of brilliant writing is that you're going through like the trenches with her. Like she is talking mm-hmm. about some really rough stuff when she's going through treatment and she manages to talk about it in a way that's honest, but mm-hmm. isn't, Oh, like, Oh, woe is me. Yeah. I mean, mm-hmm. you don't, you don't ever feel like she's wallowing when she's talking about it. Like she's, she's just being honest. And mm-hmm. I was really, um, touched by the part where she was talking about being a young adult with an illness like this and how she felt that her care team, while they were good doctors, weren't necessarily addressing things that a young adult wanted to talk about, like her being infertile after treatment and Mm -hmm. how nobody discussed that with her and how, you know, that was a big part of what she thought her life was going to be was was having children and that that wasn't something that was going to happen for her. And it just, it was, it was eye opening. I mean, Mm -hmm. I think, um, I think that you don't get a lot of 22 year olds talking about grappling with a disease like this. It's just not something that you come in contact with. Yeah. And, and in the way she talked about it, um, and it was, um, for me, it was interesting to hear, you know, um, we, I went through a lot of this when my son was very young and I'm, I'm almost grateful for that because he has very little memory of it. Um, and so he, he, I think was not as traumatized mm-hmm. as she was by this whole experience, but I, yeah, I think she does describe that well, because I know when you get in there, the doctors are so focused on battling the cancer that they often forget about the person. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And um, I really enjoyed her writing about her relationships her with her mm-hmm. boyfriend who mm-hmm. stood by her throughout that whole experience. Mm-hmm. And then the people who were also suffering cancer and going through treatment with her mm-hmm. and how close they got because they had that common bond mm-hmm. and how devastating it was when one passed away. But I really felt like that was such a huge part of the book and explaining how, you know, friendships that she felt like would be there for her were not mm-hmm. and how they had changed and could not deal with her illness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We were, we were yeah. actually talking about her relationship with Will, her boyfriend, and just mm-hmm. um, how you could, om- you could almost yeah. tell that there was no way that that was going to last, but what an amazing relationship it was and like I mean what it like what an amazing person he mm-hmm. was for being there you know the whole time she was sick and I yeah. just and how and how we were glad that when she got on the other side of it she was able to like stop being angry at him mm-hmm. for for not being there anymore you know like it's just it's a mm-hmm. yes yeah it was a it was it was Yes, there were there were just so many different parts of it I liked. Um, I also found her relationship with um, little GQ, yeah, the uh, death row inmate, yes. really touching and also fascinating. And I um, like when I got to the end of them talking, and he asked her, and this is something that I think about often: would you would you have traded this? Would you 
Um, and it's a hard call because it completely changes who you are when you go through something like this. Mm -hmm. And I, I don't, would I, you know, would you trade it for the people around you or, you know, my son who suffered? Yes, I would have loved that. But the experience itself it completely changed who I was as a human being. Mm -hmm. And, um, and I, so yes, I just, I felt I, I just can't say enough good about this book. Mm -hmm. um, it's beautifully written, compelling, um, it, just well done. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Thank you so much for picking it and asking yeah. us to read it. Yeah. <laughs> I'm glad you read it and enjoyed it. Yeah. So, I don't know if it, it enjoyed, yes, but um, no, I, I enjoyed, yeah, it. enjoyed I, it. I mean, like, I, it it does get rough in the mm -hmm. middle. Like, I mean, when, when she's going through treatment, it is, mm -hmm. it is hard to read because it's just. The, well, and the, you know. <laughs> and the, the parts about it, when you talk about, um, because my husband and I were talking about this last night, um, that when you finish, it's such a weird place to be in because you go for your last treatment and then they cut you loose. And these are people who've been in your life for mm -hmm. years and important, very private, very intimate parts of your life. And then you just never see them again. Mm -hmm. you know, they're, um, which is good because you don't necessarily want to see them again. No. But yeah, it's, it's such a weird, she just, does such a good job and it's a page turner too which how do you do that with a book it like propulsive. yeah it really really was I mean I knew she lived because she wrote the book but I was still yeah flipping through it as fast as I could because I wanted to know what was going to happen next well and I really wanted to know how we got from where I was like in the midst of her cancer treatment and everything to the cover of this book which mm -hmm. I love the cover of this <laughs> book <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, so I, I just wanted to know how we how we got from there to um, her sitting on top of a bright yellow VW van with a, a scruffy little dog and a driver's <laughs> license. Well done. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah. Thank you. This was a real gift. Yeah, very much enjoyed it. Thank you so much, Tony, for sharing those with us. There's a lot of stuff to look forward to. Like, um, yeah, I'm. I'm already putting in like my to be read the new Taylor Jenkins read book because that's very exciting. Yes, it's very exciting. I know I need to start following Melissa and putting in a to be read and what I've read list because honestly, I never thought I'd get to this point, but sometimes I can't remember what I read last. Mm -hmm. um, oh yeah. I'm like, wait, was that that book or was that that <laughs> other book? Or Yeah. yeah. So... Without um, Goodreads, I'd forget what I read last week. Like, oh, yeah. yeah. I do mine on Edelweiss. Thank you for being here. It was lovely to see you and get to chat with you. Absolutely. You all right. Well, I think that's all we have for you this time. Um, Lou will probably not be back until January just because of the holidays and the store being incredibly crazy busy yes um, which is wonderful yeah we, and we love are that. so thankful everyone yeah thank you um but our online business which is great has picked up and so um we've got a lot of commitments for the next couple of weeks but we look forward to get back getting back to this in january and we'll have it'll be it'll 
be a new year. Thank, Hopefully. Thank I mean, the gods. <laughs> well, we'll see. I'm not... I'm, uh, yeah, I'm always cautious about putting anything out in the universe. I don't want to jinx myself. So well, possibly superstitious as well. I'm going to say a little from column A, a little from column B. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> anyway, um, we hope you all have wonderfully happy holidays and a fantastic new year. And we will be back in January. Happy reading. Yes. Bye-bye. <laughs>